Part 4. Primary Recordings. The town of Carlisle, Kansas, in the year 1895, was quiet. After a settlement failed to take hold in the 1870s, Carlisle was left with few residents, scattered among farms and sparse structures that stretched outward from the husks of abandoned buildings at the township's failed central hub. The townsfolk were largely undisturbed by the trends and obsessions shaping America to the east and west. Such things reached the town only on occasion, by way of passing trains or word of mouth from trips to the neighboring towns of Florence and Iola. For the residents, this meant that those who sought news or goods had to go out of Carlisle. Very little ever came in, with one notable exception. In early 1895, a large package arrived at the Carlisle post office on a late train. No one came forward to claim it. After sitting inside the post office for many weeks, the crate was opened and its contents revealed. A phonograph, the first technology of its kind to reach the plains of Carlisle. Welcome to episode four of That Be Revival. This week, for the first time, you will hear the very real voice of a citizen of Carlisle, Lillian St. Andrew, the nighttime attendant at Carlisle's post office. The following audio is not a recreation, but a series of primary recordings created by Lillian on several Edison wax cylinders on October 25, 1895. The cylinders were discovered at the former home of Lillian's cousin, Josephine St. Andrew, in Ojai, California, a town that was known at the time as Nordhoff. Other than being digitized for this podcast, the following recordings are unaltered. Josephine, do you hear any voice other than mine? This machine makes so much noise itself, I cannot say it will do anything at all, but I must ask you to listen carefully. I am trying to listen now. That's me knocking, Josephine. It may sound foolish, but I know that someone is listening. And by that I do not mean you. When you do sit down with this cylinder in your possession, it is someone I very much mean to speak with, but nobody else in this whole town will. They have been whispering thoughts into my head these nights. <laughs> but not like in the way you and I would when we were children, Josephine. hear them in a normal way. Maybe I can hear them in a new way. Like the way this new machine hears. A way I don't very much understand yet. 
That's me scratching too, Josephine. I want you to know these sounds so they don't get muddled with the others. I never had a problem keeping awake through the night. In 1895, the recording capacity of a wax cylinder was around two minutes. Though later improvements to the technology would allow for recordings of greater length, Miss St. Andrew was forced to use all of the cylinders included with the shipment over the course of the night. Josephine, I never had a problem keeping awake through the night to watch over the post. But this past month, around 5 a.m. each night, no matter what sort of manner I'm in, I can't help but drift away. When I awake with the sun, Josephine, I think things so unfamiliar to me. You should be able to hear the outside now. I have opened the door. It doesn't sound like much other than nighttime, but this is just so you will know all the sounds as I have come to know them. My mother told me that if there was a sound of God, it would be right in there between all the other noises. So just rule those noises out, Josephine, one by one. Just rule them out. I do not mean to frighten you, Josephine. I have knocked over the chair. I just want for you to hear the sound of the dust settle. That is a familiar sound here. We all hear it, wherever we hide. song? Tell me the usual way. One for yes, two for no. song. It is a favorite of my mother's. She would always sing it to me. And now we're speaking. I was unsure if you'd come with the machine making such a ruckus. Josephina isn't afraid of the machine. Make a note of that. Has anyone else been speaking with you? Will you tell me tonight if you know who this machine is meant for? 
well. Not tonight. But you must do this. I'm not certain if you are the one who has been troubling me, but I know... I know you are here even in those hours I can't help but sleep. Those are the hours when something changes, just before sunrise. And you need to tell me what happens to me while I sleep. It is of importance for you to understand that lately in Carlisle there has been a faint noise in the air. No one will speak its name, but I can tell it's quite a bother and has us all ill at ease. My mother has said it's like the clouds of buzzing of angry bees. And Does that mean a great rain? scratching for you to hear, if you'll hear. It has been so dry in Carlisle, I can't help but wonder, are we doing penance or something? If, if there was some calamity we could have avoided, but now it's too late, and all we have is dust. When I woke up yesterday morning, I was thinking of a certainty and faithfulness that seemed only in front of me because I felt such a profound sense of loss. Why am I thinking that? Are all these people in this town feeling like they are certain too? Some mornings, when the sun is coming up straight out the door, it hits my eye like it's coming through their hair. Like, they're all standing with me, looking at the sun, asking me why it's here again so soon. Someone is telling me these things, and I hate to wake up thinking that each day. Are you thinking these things? That one was for you, Josephine. They're, they're all just in waiting. All of them, everyone knows what's coming. But they're too sure of it to say a word. I feel I'm crazy for even speaking it, as it seems too true for even me. The remainder of this fourth cylinder seems to have been damaged in transit to Josephine's home. But even through the distress, it is evident that Lillian's voice continues for roughly one more minute before the cylinder ends.
Josephine, I am hearing the noises of people outside, but I have just gone to look and no one is there. I'm looking out the windows and there is no one in town. There's no one in town. Am I the one who's meant to speak with you? Where is my voice sounding out to you? Where are you speaking from? Why do I suddenly have the thought that you are under a great water? So far underneath you can't even see where the sun rises. Oh God, what is making me think this? Sinners get washed away. I should not be here. Oh, I should not be here. Yet, Josephine, I must ask it. Have we all committed some grave sin? Will you still speak with me? You need to tell me what have we done. God, what have we done? Oh, oh we join you under that. talking only to myself. I swear, I see all of you just outside the door each morning when the sun comes in. It takes me all of the morning to forget the sight of you. So, so please, tell me in my Josephine. The last cylinder plays in silence until it runs out. The following morning, the daytime manager found the post office door ajar and entered the room to discover Lillian unresponsive next to the phonograph. Smelling salts and a glass of water were brought to awaken Lillian, but she became agitated and frightened. Further attempts to treat her sudden illness failed. That night, 
she was brought to the room of a reverend who was passing through Carlisle to deliver a series of sermons on the topic of bringing new members to the church. This reverend boasted of an ability to ease the spiritual torment of those in fits of agony, as Lillian was. The reverend spoke of their encounter in a sermon later that week. And I remember Saturday night at midnight, I just got asleep. And a young preacher out to school said, Brother Barnett, we're bringing a girl up to your hotel room, said she's in hell, said she's just suffering like I never saw anybody suffering in my life. And said, you just got the hip. I said, don't bring her up here. I got to preach five times tomorrow night. But he said tomorrow, now I got to get some sleep. I did, too. Well, he said, Brother Bart, she just suffered an agony. I said, well, let her suffer. One more night in hell might do her good. You think I'm cruel? Eh? No, you're the one that's cruel. You don't believe God's word. You think this business of becoming a Christian a little matter of friction your gum from one jaw to the other. No, it's becoming vitally joined to the living Lord. No man will ever have peace unless he's had bitterness. No man will ever know joy unless he's experienced mourning. They shall mourn for him. And we let her stay in here, wasn't that cruel? But when she got out, she sure was glad. And if you ever stay in hell a while mourning, how about my vital personal relationship to a living God? Nobody can do business there but you, for you. That'd be revival. Next week on That'd Be Revival... The Prodigal Son Returns. Be sure to visit thatbyrevival.net to download our weekly newsletter. In it, you'll find photographs, documents, and other materials on this week's topic that we couldn't fit in the episode. Thank you for listening.